Hello and welcome to Deadpool It Yourself, uh, the only podcast you can come to for amateurish uh, comic book recaps and then amateurish skits. It's just what we do. Uh, my name is uh, The Senseless Apprentice and sorry, not sorry about breaking the fourth wall of our podcast today, but we're about to cover an issue that is one of my favorite issues of the Cable and Deadpool series that we've been going through. It's got a whole bunch of... Uh, ridiculous symbolism and self-referential easter eggs that just it's exactly what i love comics for and uh so i'm really looking forward to this issue um or going through this issue with you guys uh but enough of my self-indulgent prattle uh with me today is the completely in check with all the elements of his being you'll understand that reference uh when we get to the recap mr verano what's up how's it going I'm all right. How about you? Uh, beautiful snow. Um, you know, that's all I really got. I mean, kind of shoveled a little. And uh, that's it. I'm excited for this episode. And um, I've also been very excited watching Wanda- WandaVision. <laughs> yes, I've uh, I've enjoyed it too. Yeah, I've only gotten the first two episodes. I'm like going to just delay and watch the rest when it's this uh, season is done. Uh, see, I've been watching it every week. I've been enjoying it. I liked. Uh, I like the difference, the different pace this week. Um, but now they just one of the big things in the in those comic book news sites is that they just released some new character posters, and I'm sitting there hoping that someone will come out with something about one of them because it just looks like it's got some kind of Easter egg that I cannot place yet. Ah. Uh. Neither of you guys are up to date with it. I'm not going to fucking ruin it for you guys. But speaking of that, um, also with us is our own Red Police Crystal enforcing hippie fascism. Don't worry. It's just another reference. You'll need the recap to even understand because we're so good at this. Mini Agent of Baby Cable. (laughs) Greetings and well met. Awesome. You're an Agent of Baby Cable. Yeah, you know, great boss, awful boss. Uh, you know, I can kind of do whatever I want, but I also don't know what I need. <laughs> He'll tell you. You just got to understand baby prattle. Yeah, really? I'm not good at that. I haven't had a baby in my life yet. I thought you've been yet. working on that for a while. <laughs> yeah. What's that, baby prattle? No, 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 that's drunk prattle. There's, there's a difference between talk. the two. <laughs> It's a slight infliction. You gotta, you gotta be pretty good at picking it up. <laughs> the more I drink, the I'm less not, I understand. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, I haven't had a drink in a while, so it's really just the more you drink, the less I understand. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, when it came to the news this week we weren't really doing much of a news segment anyway anymore we just uh you know been watching wandavision at our own fucking pace leave us alone yeah i also finally decided to start watching um guardians of the galaxy on disney plus the animated oh the... nice which is hilarious because the voice casting just throws me off from the movie <laughs> oh, <yeah>. uh... <laughs> Yeah, Drax the Destroyer doesn't sound angry nor lost enough. <laughs> it's a little bothersome. 
voice. I I actually should look who does the voice, but I don't know. It just doesn't sound like Batista, and I'm like, damn it! (laughs) Just lost sense of like humor. He's just like, huh? So, (laughs) but no, it's um, I I like the uh, the show. I don't know how many seasons they even made, but I was like, yeah, screw it, let's watch this. It's been good. Yeah, but otherwise there really isn't much. Uh, I think what Thor, uh, Love and Thunder is have, probably has a couple more things that have popped out. Yeah, but it's just all the you know. Oh, different. Jacks of the Shore is supposedly, I guess, popping up because Batista's been putting on Instagram that he's back to filming for something. I know, but like. Isn't it odd how at the end of Endgame, Thor flies off with the Guardians, and now for the next Thor movie, they keep rumoring that a bunch of Guardians are there filming. Right. <laughs> I, I couldn't have predicted this. I know. Right. <laughs> but they, they told you because you wouldn't get it. Huh? This is why they told you, because I know you wouldn't get it. <laughs> I know, but I... Like, <laughs> Like I got all this shit back in the back in Endgame when they were making like even this whole shit with WandaVision where all these people are like, oh my gosh, what's going on? It's like at least a major part of this is a woman whose powers allow her to be stuck in the denial stage of grief. You know, you can just fucking right. deny with reality altering powers, and you know, so at least that's at least a significant part of it because at the end of that movie anyone who could have offered any kind of support is gone. Steve decided to live a normal life and uh, fucking came right. back old and is probably dead by now. Uh, yeah. You know, then there's uh, Natasha. She's dead. Uh, Clint is distracted by his family and Natasha, so he's out of there, which is good because, you know, he died in Avengers Disassembled, so if he tried to stick around Wanda, he'd probably fucking die there, too. Um, <laughs> right. Who else? Uh Tony's gone, yeah, Tony's obviously. obviously gone. Oh, and Hulk, yeah, he's not exactly known for emotional availability. Even when he's right, even yeah, even smart Hulk, but uh yeah. So the only one is Doctor Strange, yeah. and he's not getting there till the end of this fucking series. Right. And he's probably has to do a lot of uh, you know, what do you call it, recovery work, um, with the, you know, being Sorcerer Supreme and whatnot. He's got a lot of things he's oh. gotta do. So <laughs> I was gonna go with being full of himself. <laughs> Well, also that, you know. It's really the two. (laughs) Like, he's going to swoop in and be like, oh, Wanda, it's really elementary. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's, it's, uh, it's simple. You just got to get over it. Fuck, Wanda, you're stuck in stage two. Or he'd also say something like, well, you want to see some kind of like craziness? You know, you know, things that I have seen that you will never see. I've seen. No, no, no. no. What no, was it? Things that he has I... seen that she'll never see. We already know that she's a part of his next movie. Right. <laughs> True. That's right. Up. <laughs> no, so, yeah. So he's, uh, you know, so that might have been the conversation. She's like, well, all right. Enlighten me. He's like, all right, I'll take I'll take you through. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But that's the thing is she could be like with with what he deals with she's a she's a tremendous ally that they just never really conceived of crossing in the comics because it was because you know she's really connected to X Men and he's really connected to all the stuff that people who like to drop acid and read comics will enjoy. Right. <laughs> right. So. 
And I think, you know, I feel like, honestly, if they did write it into the comics, they would actively, rec- you know, retcon quite a bit of things <laughs> just from her presence being there alone, fixing all the stuff that's going on. Yeah. I don't know. You, all I'll say is, because uh, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to spoil anything. I just like to bitch. But uh, you'll enjoy <laughs> WandaVision, uh, I think. I heard. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I also like when there's like a couple episodes to catch yeah. up on. Uh, I'm awful at like doing like the whole weekly, you know, bi-weekly, you know, episode yeah. drop. Um, I have enough things I'm watching at the time, you know, at, at you know, currently. So it's like I, it's hard for me to like put it all, put it all there. That's why I waited like you know four years to finally watch Game of Thrones and like you know pretty much in its entirety. <laughs> <laughs> I have avoided it. Yeah, the ending was lackluster. <laughs> I saw, I saw yeah. season one in like two episodes of season two, and I just got lazy. I was like, I'm sorry. I give up. I mean, it just became this phenomenon. I was like, I, same as Walking Dead. Well, no, Walking Dead was because I don't really give a fuck about zombies. A zombie movie. <laughs> yeah. In high school. It Resident Evil 2. That was my favorite. Yeah. yeah. I like some zombies, but Walkers, no. I like, I like the running zombies. Like the. The remake of the day uh, was it Day of the Dead? No, Wasn't what it? was it called? Was it Day of the Dead? It was. Might have been it. Can't. Yeah, probably the remake of that Look, one was good. If it doesn't have Mike Epps or Simon Pegg, I don't give a fuck about your zombie movie. <laughs> really fair, fair, very fair. <laughs> Dawn of the Ma. Dead. That's why. Yeah. Because Sean of Dead, thank thank you actually, Jake, for <laughs> I needed that one. <laughs> the alley oop, uh, yeah. <laughs> so the remake of Dawn of the Dead, but yeah, Shaun of the Dead is is probably king of zombie movies. No, I'm still saying I like my <laughs> shitty. Uh, not even the original. It's it's the sequel, but I still like it better. Resident Evil Two. <laughs> mm, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous, but I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even watch any. I think I tried to watch one after that and fell asleep, and I was like, "Nah, fuck it, I'm gonna stick with two. That's my favorite." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there's one other zombie thing I really like. You ever seen the KMP sketch with the racist zombies? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yo, so it's the two of them in like the zombie apocalypse, and then there's Kevin Sorbo with them, and. uh so the, he was like, "We're gonna run to the to the police station. We're gonna get munitions. We're gonna be all. We just gotta keep running." And then he immediately gets taken down by zombies, and he and Pierre are like, "Fuck!" So they start, <laughs> and then while they're running, every zombie keeps consciously avoiding them, and then they slow down and start walking around, and like all, like they walk past a family of zombies, and like the little kid goes and reaches for him, and the parents like pull the ba- the zombie kid away. <laughs> they, go, they walk up to a car with a zombie sitting in it, and the window's fucking broken out, and the zombie still goes and locks the door. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and then it ends where, like, they get invited to a uh, a house party in the backyard of some house, and it's just all these black people having a party because the zombies won't touch them because they're raped. Right. <laughs> and then, like, the last scene is just, like, a, a zombie scared climbing over the wall or all over the fence. <laughs> but, yeah, those 
Really yeah, I got to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> anyway. So aside from, uh, yeah, aside from zombies. <laughs> <laughs> totally on topic for the news. Uh... Right. You know, I mean, it's it all come, you know, it's all, it's all, it's all you know, it blends together. <laughs> <laughs> all right so because uh you know like i said at the top we're an amateur podcast I'm, i just keep saying that because one of the podcasts i do like to listen to i think one of you guys listened to it too um jan miles explained the x-men love that uh yeah yeah they called themselves a professional podcast on the last episode i listened to it and i was like <laughs> we're not professional <laughs> yeah yeah you know and I, yeah they're they're pretty professional. Professional <laughs> is overrated anyway. It, well, you, you know what I was going to say is the the thing that separates an amateur from a professional podcast is, is the ability to transition. We just don't have that. So anyway, speaking about that, our recap. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll fix this all in editing, right? <laughs> editing, that's what it's called. That's what we don't <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Before we release. Um, so anyway... <laughs> A more comprehensive recap up to Enema of the State happened back in episode 11. Uh, for any of you new listeners, just kidding. We know there are no listeners. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> uh, to pick up where we left off, the events as they are currently unfolding began when Deadpool killed Haji bin Barat, a Cable and Deadpool allegorical reference to Osama bin Laden who... It is implied Cable kept on his island nation of Providence after an attempted terrorist attack. It is also implied Cable was meeting with Bin Barat to intellectually counter his worldviews and uh, rehabilitate his terrorist tendencies because he no- doesn't have his telepathic powers anymore, so no mental massaging the violence out of him. Before he can either succeed or fail, uh, Deadpool took out the terrorist because he felt like it. And Cable kicked him off the island after an epic battle with a Thor standing in his cosmic rod. <laughs> Get your minds out of the gutter, you <laughs> cretins. You just said it so well. <laughs> you know, who's not going to laugh at cosmic rod? <laughs> Gets me every time, man. <laughs> uh, so Cable had no choice but to get Deadpool away from the political thrusts of salt in the eyes of the world government. As established in the conversation we had with Nick Fury at the end of Burnt Offering, because he was about to go off and star in the X Force tie in that we didn't read. A smart move on our part, because whatever happened there had a direct effect on what's going on in our current issue. <laughs> right, especially since Cable apparently disappeared fighting something called the Scorn in those pages, leading Siren and Cannonball of Cable's X Force team to seek help finding them. Um, they go to Deadpool on account of him being genetically tied to Cable since the events of If Lois Could Kill. Every time they body slide by two, they teleport to the same location. And every time they body slide by one, they teleport to the same location. But in a mess of interwoven limbs, torsos, and heads. <laughs> each time it happens, they have to literally tear themselves apart from each other in an off-panel bloody mess. Which implies Cable currently has at least a portion of Deadpool's healing abilities to make up for the mutant abilities he had lobotomized out a few issues ago. So he can still technically be considered a mutant. Exactly. Deadpool, in the meantime, has contacted the black box seeking a way to die. And after lots of observation and careful consideration, 
Black Box has decided that the best way to make that happen is a suicide mission. So he brainwashes Deadpool to take on whatever he sees as the greatest threat to mankind, which is apparently still Cable in Deadpool's mind since that is who he immediately seeks out. But he can't find him because the of the aforementioned disappearance fighting the Scorn. Whatever the fuck that is. Deadpool, Siren, and Cannonball get uh, technical help from the Forge, the X-Men's resident technopath, who sets up a harness that will allow Deadpool to body slide to Cable wherever he can be found, whether that is on another planet in the universe or on, on other Earths in the multiverse. To allow for uninterrupted interaction or dialogue between Deadpool and whatever he finds when he teleports, Siren and Cannonball are established to be on a three-minute delay. As could probably be expected, this isn't supposed to be on a journey through space. So his first teleport takes Deadpool to the Age of Apocalypse. Oh, not the Age of Apocalypse of the 1996 crossover events or its subsequent tie-ins. Those are pretty good. Where he meets Apocalypse Horseman of Death. And thanks for that interruption. Continuity. Pestilence, Spider-Man is an interesting interpretation of his role as an arachnid, and Famine, the blob, in a hilarious reference for being a fat guy who eats everything he can. And after yeah, again, still the best, best version of Famine I could ever think of. <laughs> um, anyway, so Deadpool's in the process of getting the shit kicked out of him when the three-minute timer winds down and Cannonball and Siren appear to level the playing field. They start to get the upper hand when they remember that Apocalypse usually chooses four horsemen. And Cable, the menacing 90s 8-bit video game villain, brought into the world world, appears behind them in all of his wonderful 90s glory. <laughs> it is beautiful. So, our story proper opens with the fight between Cable, the horsemen of war, and our intrepid heroes. The fight itself is highly one-sided and allows for a lot of expository narration in Deadpool's yellow thought captions, plus a lot of inferred information gleaned from the story's context. What we're getting into, as the title What If hints toward, is almost a this-is-your-life type journey through the decisions and events that might have occurred differently in Cable's life, but for the grace of editorial decision-making as a stand-in for God. While it is implied that this in this issue that this journey through different worlds that have been significantly impacted by Cable's actions might be because Cable actually died fighting the Scorn, and so Deadpool is being pulled to where the strongest variants of Cable in the multiverse exist. We find out in the next issue that the real reason, and actually I, I fucked this up because we don't find out in the next issue, but we, we, we get the expository dialogue. We get hints in this issue uh, what the real reason mm. is, because, um, but really what it is is that the uh, entire clusterfuck of this story began coincidentally at the start of the House of M. So like Cable's disappearance, mm. Deadpool teleporting to different worlds, Siren and Cannonball with him. Like they're missing the events of House of M right now because they're in parallel worlds that Scarlet Witch has not affected. But like it's all uh, like the next issue's uh, title is House of M or something like that. Uh, which I had an idea <laughs> For a uh, for a, a, a sort of side series we could do where we cover House of M issue by issue, uh, but mm. instead of like do it yourself skits, we do cooking based skits and call it House of M. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'm in. <laughs> um, 
So this whole clusterfuck of a storyline began at the start of the House of M. And since the Scarlet Witch altered reality while Deadpool and by extension Siren and Cannonball were pulled out of it, Deadpool has been drawn like a tuning fork to places where different aspects of Cable's personality dominated not just Cable, but the planet itself. Which means that this Cable, having had the part of his personality that revels in war awakened by the apocalypse of of this world, has dominated the planet and killed millions of battle to appease his thirst for the fight, including the Deadpool and Cannonball. After realizing that they aren't actually fighting their Cable, Cannonball and Siren have to convince Wade to teleport, as he is a little too distracted by his cultural references within his attempts to figure out amid, who admitted the admittedly confusing interwoven plot at play in this story. They finally get through to him when they point out that there is a timer on their escape doesn't start until Deadpool teleports, and this cable variant has Apocalypse Woken power, and he hard-on for up-close and personal killing. It's a little creepy. So they're not actually sure that they can last for three minutes against them. I sure know my ass would be dead. <laughs> well, no, and that's the thing is they're like, dead- Wade, we need you to teleport. He's going to kill us. And he even constantly, like, throughout the entire dialogue, he keeps dropping hints like, oh, Wade, uh, I've really missed your voice and the fact that I'm the one who, you know, snuffed it out. And then when he sees Cannonball and Siren, right. like, he talks about murdering Cannonball and then later on, he talks about how uh, he he's willing to give uh, Wade either this version of Siren or even his version of Siren that he calls a salt lick. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some fucked up dialogue there. <laughs> and like when Cable, when Deadpool finally teleports away, I didn't realize that what you're seeing in the scene is Cable using his telepathic powers or his telekinetic powers to slam Siren and Cannonball into each other. (laughs) But Deadpool finally teleports, clearly caring more about what's happening to Siren. He goes, he goes, uh, oh, what's, uh, as he's teleporting away, he's just like, Terry, (laughs) because his name's Teresa. <laughs> and uh, he winds up on the next version of a cable dominant Earth. Mm. And so much like with the Age of the Apocalypse introduction we got in the last issue, the first thing we see is a splash page to introduce the environmental effect that cable has had on the, the planet. This time, instead of the decimated hellscape with red skies, we see with city filled with lush vegetation and uh, architecture with a mix of Egyptian and Greek design influences. Just like on the last multi, uh, you know, multiversal variant, there are a number of obelisks and pyramids to reference Apocalypse's influence on Cable's life, considering his origins in ancient Egypt and all, and his use of similar motifs whenever he appears in X-Men comics. You know, it's his like go-to thing. Uh, this time, in the Greek-style editions are meant to evoke a sense of the more democratic, but still imperfect philosophies that have, you know, kind of been at play in Cable's effort on providence, having been carried out. Worldwide. In essence. This is a world where the burnt offering ended with Cable taking over the world instead of Deadpool lobotomizing away his powers. Yeah, and there's some, like, just like with everything else, in this one, he can't stop throwing in different things. We're going to get to it. It's one thing he says to Cannonball, just like, fuck. 
he, he, he it's presented <laughs> as like this wonderful place but then right at the end when cannonball shows up he's like i hope things will be different between us between us on your world like it's like because cable's clearly taken over the world and has this peaceful idyllic thing going on but then cannonball comes in and he basically implies that he fucking killed him for not going along with it yeah. So it's mm. literally supposed to be like it's supposed to be he, he's brother Nathan. He's supposed to be all peaceful, but it's like mm, this seems, you know, like you know, essentially what the dead Kennedys were describing in uh, California Uber Alice. Like, yeah, just because it comes from a liberal doesn't mean it can't be uh, fascism. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, uh, accurate. Deadpool starts to ask around about Nate, but the local woman and her son that he speaks to first are more convinced with his weapons than answering his questions. I think she literally says, your gun is agitating my boy, my son. (laughs) (laughs) He's suddenly surrounded by a bunch of floating red diamonds that demand Deadpool allow his weapons to be safely eradicated. And before he can respond with a Charlton Heston line about my cold dead hands, uh, he is hit with a huge (laughs) blast of energy and his sword and gun are literally turned to ash. (laughs) Oh, when he was fighting on the last planet, he was like, oh, yeah, the sword I stole from Cable is totally awesome. <laughs> so, crap, yeah, I oh, yeah. Use. <laughs> right. Um, after a long, sorry, <laughs> after a long look of apprehension, like, it's literally just a panel where she's just, like, looking at him. And then the woman and her son just go back to reading and ignoring Deadpool while the diamonds float off and talk about dispensing Alka-Seltzer to a citizen with gastric indigestion in Grid 7, Parcel Lot, Proud Star 4. It's one of those Easter eggs I told you about because Proud Star is a member of the (laughs) X-Force. Yeah. Right. One of my favorites. Love Warpath. Fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Um, But but, that's that's another thing he says is where is when the per- when the diamonds float off and are talking about dispensing Elka cells. He's like, when uh, he finally gets to talk to Cable, Deadpool's like, you got to the point where you couldn't even let a person have a fucking tummy ache anymore? Right. <laughs> um, Cable approaches Wade from behind and reintroduces himself as Brother Nathan. Uh, he totally looks like just the... Jesus. <laughs> well, no, the person who wants to pretend that, that Jesus was white. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> He's the white in the Middle East. Right. Exactly. With with a gigantic glowing eye and a metal arm. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, so, I, isn't that how Jesus looks? You know, oh, <laughs> I think yeah, that was pretty same. accurate. That's why the crucifixes come with that, you know, little sparker thing for the left eye. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't come with that. It's an authentic <laughs> crucifix. And right. now we're going to hell. <laughs> As they debate the good and bad of this sort of political state, uh, you know, this, this liberal fascism type area, uh, we, another Easter egg we get to see is uh, Beast meditating with a group in the background. There's just like a group of people. And I, I even went to like uh, some of the websites to try to figure out that Beast with some other members of the X Men. It was like, no, it's it's just Beast. It's just Beast, <laughs> just beast meditating. <laughs> um, it, it, no one else. It, I couldn't find any connection to any other X Men. Just you know, Beast fucking meditating in the background. Uh, when Siren, when Siren and Cannonball <laughs> finally show up, thankful to even be alive, Deadpool is more than ready to leave and body slides the hell out of there. 
At which point, Brother Nathan uh, interestingly implies uh, what he does with dissenters when he greets Cannonball by saying, Samuel, I fun your world. Things will be different between us. And Deadpool shows up on a new Earth in the multiverse. This time in front of a giant, webby, techno-organic tree-like thing that has an entire abandoned buildings in its clutches. Deadpool theorizes that on this Earth, Cable's personality didn't win out against the phalanx babies back in the True Confessions portion of the Tiny Pieces, a story of two parts, issues that we covered in Episode 9. And the phalanx immediately detects and grabs Deadpool with a number of tiny tentacles everywhere and detains him so that he can talk to a robot with a familiar glowing left eye meant to represent the first one. For those that don't know, the phalanx, I'm going to give you an example that, <laughs> hey, for those you don't know, anyone who knows these two, these two organisms are going to know them because they're as nerdy as we are. <laughs> so it's not of anybody else. <laughs> I love that I did this because, you know, it's just like, hey, if you don't know, I hope you're in this other nerd fandom, then you'll get it. But other than and that, I hope they know. Right. Because <laughs> Right. So what I'm talking about is I said for those that don't know, the phalanx are like the Borg from Star Trek, but on narrative steroids. The, both are <laughs> machines with collective improvement via assimilation in mind, but the phalanx are more powerful and insidious than the Borg could ever hope to be, because the Borg constantly send like these pale and the Borg are basically worse than zombies. <laughs> There's except for they can, you know, modulate their shields once you shoot a few of them. But other than that, they're like slow, and uh, you got to, you got to. Maybe it's because of the narr- the visual narrative techniques of the early '90s, but they had to like sneak up on you and catch you by surprise. <laughs> like, right. The phalanx, on the other hand, like can be can make themselves look like different things. They're basically flowing machinery. They're fucking strong. They got their own personalities. They can act like. In the storylines where they've existed, like sometimes they can, like, be shapeshifters and shit like that that you wouldn't even know. Mm. You know, you replace your kind of like what they what they're gonna do with the scroll and secret invasion because that's what they did with the scroll and secret invasion in the comics. But like, yeah, just like the whole shapeshifter ability to fool you into not knowing that your fucking mother's your not your mother. Yeah. Yeah. So, right, right, right. Like they're just so much more powerful than the board could ever hope to be. They basically <laughs> take over everything they can and convert it into whatever is most useful for them. In this case, due to Cable's dream of unification, the uh, they're like the, the the first one wanted us all to be unified because that, you know remember like that's what he's doing with the brother Nathan thing. It, the only time he hasn't given shit about that was the Age of Apocalypse thing when he was just like. Nah, he woke up the warrior in me and I just killed everybody. Fuck him. But then, like, you get to mm-hmm. Brother Nathan and it's more, I managed to get my unification thing going. I just had to, you know, exterminate everyone who didn't, you know, unify. And then, right. you know, with this one, it's more like, oh, you know, <laughs> the, I, I let, the, instead of, uh, you know, letting my personality win out, I, I let the baby win and well, it liked what it saw in my mind, and so now everybody's won. It's gigantic mm-hmm. techno hellscape. Right. Uh, <laughs> Utopia, right? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> System. So in this case, due to Cable's dream, the phalanx is 
basically taken over the planet or, you know, just become the planet. I don't know if there's a... Right. <laughs> Not much of a difference, yeah. right? <laughs> it's one of the same. And it, yeah, so, yeah. So while the first world they visited was Cable's inner warrior winning out, and the second world was Cable's inner misguided messiah winning out, this world is where Cable let the techno-organic virus take him over and then use his dream of complete unification as his primary programming and justification to take over the world. It starts to attempt to assimilate. When Cannibal and Siren make their entrance, next entrance, Cannibal blasts away away with Cable while Siren tends to Deadpool. Oh, she really cares about him. Who considers getting (laughs) into the unification process? Instead, he decides to just shake it off, which causes Skynet Cable to convulse and scream in binary code on the account (laughs) Of attempting to assimilate Wade being the narrative equivalent to swallowing a brain tube. That sounds very true. Body slides out. See, and the thing is, it's not just it's not just that it's very true. It's that like the way they show it, like Deadpool basically has all this circuitry growing on him, kind of like visually the same as when he had all that. Techn- when Cable had all that techno-organic circuitry growing on him and um, uh, if he'll way, way back in the beginning of the series and they're talking like yeah. maybe I could, maybe this unification thing would be nice nah and then just sort of like floats away away from him <laughs> over the course of a few panels it's, it's, it's just a funny way to put it um, but after he, he finds himself on a farm he grabs a pitchfork because he figures he's got to defend himself. And well, Nathan didn't let him have anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he's about exploring the farmhouse when he's surprised by a repeated rattling chingle sound and finds himself face to face with Baby Cable in his crib. Adorable. His chance to be- <laughs> Who is adorable? <laughs> yeah, he really is. Cute. Before he has much of a chance to be surprised or, you know, Think about how adorable the baby is. Uh, the boy's father grabs him with a hyperextended dark blue arm. That's not his dad. Deadpool, holding a baby with a familiar gro- glowing left eye and metal left arm, is the guy who combined his parents' DNA in almost every storyline he's in, Mr. Yep, Sinister. And that's, not, and that's not his dad. He wouldn't be man. <laughs> the blue is the you know the 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 well I don't know he's I don't know he's got regenerative no, no. sinister this is sinister is completely yeah. wicked and sadistic and one of the best villains who I honestly well, like, I don't know man like in a way if like let's say I was an evil piece of shit human being right and I you know lived over multiverses and in every multiverse that I existed in. I, you know, got a man that I knew and a woman that I knew and kind of in one way or sense of form got them together to create a baby, right? Would I be like a terrible, terrible godfather? You'd just be Would terrible. Would I be in a way that child's father? But I'm just saying, he, My- I, he's the one villain <laughs> I've actually always enjoyed just because aesthetically he's like the coolest shit. See, I've always yeah. enjoyed him. What I've never understood, never, I, I, I don't know. I, I understand his whole, okay, Jean Grey is one side of this pinnacle of mutant perfection. Because 
is right. a telepath and telekinetic. Like basically, when Cable's right. at his strongest in these storylines, it's because he takes after his yeah. mom. Right. Why the fuck is he so obsessed with Cyclops? Literally, it's like, right. oh, telepath <laughs> and telekinetic and. Poster boy. And you said I'm a prick, eyes. and I usually love to hate. You're yeah. hating a lot more than I am right now in Cyclops. <laughs> Listen, man. Give me a give me a couple. I'm not saying no. I'm just laughing at how much this should be my point, where I'm trying wish. to say that this is bullcrap. But I've been beating my senses apprentice to the punchline. <laughs> Possibly. Because I agree, I'm like Maybe it has never made sense. But like, <laughs> if anything, he should have gone after Wolverine or or like, like Beast. But why the fuck Cyclops? Well, right. see, the thing is, I would understand if they, they had don't. this explanation in there from the beginning, but they can't because retcon Gabriel Summers into everything, like a couple of, yeah. like a decade ago, and then killed him off like five years ago and I don't know if he's been heard from since but like the only summer right. brother with any kind of power where I'd be like oh okay I get it I, I get that one because like, like right. Cyclops <laughs> shoots beams out of his eyes ha- shoots plasma right. out of his hands and I get right. I, I guess well no but even have it like it's just like he's he's a limited functionary but then you got uh, Vulcan yeah who like basically can manipulate any form of energy anywhere, and then it's like, oh, I that that one will be a good right. one to combine with Gene Gray for an Ultimate Mutant. Nah, man, we need Scott. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, because Scott Summers, right, is an alliteration, man. He's got two S's. You gotta go with yeah, Scott Summers. Moving <laughs> over Gene Gray. Yeah. You know? they, they just they didn't get that alliteration going right well. They they Yeah, there's gotta be at least one alliteration between a power couple, right? <laughs> if not, then you have then then you just have madness. Then I mean where, Right. Yeah, exactly. Where right. would, would it's chaos be without Peter Parker? Well okay, never mind. That one should be alive. <laughs> I love I love how much you hate Peter Parker. Fuck Peter Parker. All right, and talking to favorite. That's my favorite. What was your favorite art? <laughs> now I'm doing better on these segues, so let's keep going. <laughs> All right. Yeah, All right, you know, I'm not I gonna got, lie. I was I like, gotta go with Jesus Flick. Cable, man. I like it. <laughs> it was like because, like, yeah. to me, it was just he was like unapologetically trying to look like Jesus, and it's just great, man. <laughs> the beard. Yeah. That was that was probably my favorite art. Um, no, mine was the splash page with the crystals and the diamonds and like the clearly, like it, it's it's hard to explain how much they went with. Like, okay, so the last time it was exclusively right. Egyptian stuff because apocalypse and you know all that. Now because Cable has taken over this world, like yeah, there's still pyramids and there's still obelisks and there's still like Egyptian style architecture, but it's got a real you know like ancient Greek feel. Because it's all supposed to be all about mm-hmm. that, like that, that sort of hippie vibe that Cable had going, and also for some reason I don't know why, but there's hey, you gotta have some angels, right? Flying by, right? <laughs> well, no, they look like one looks like a 
human dragonfly, and the other one looks like a human butterfly. All right, and on to a yeah, it's very part of the story. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> I, know, I like um, I liked him finding Baby Deadpool, Sinister, and unfortunately, see freaking Sinister yeah. pop in. But I that was also like my favorite. Yeah, another piece of the favorite art, but favorite part of the story was just Baby Deadpool and kind of just. Dead, I mean, baby K when Deadpool's reaction going like, oh, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> I just, I, I, I still like when Deadpool's letting it all, uh, letting it all happen to him. He's sitting there going, maybe this is what he wanted. Wanted me to find being torn apart for so long in my head, my body, my heart. Now, to read, uh, Humpty Dumpty's being glued together. I can see a unification. This isn't Wade. I know that. (laughs) Fight it. But it could be. It should be. He wanted me to find a way to be whole. He wanted me to be whole. Uh, (laughs) Nah. And like just fucking <laughs> tosses it off, and it's a vi- and like then suddenly just cables like blasting apart. Um. All right, and for lagging the right, right, story right, MVP. Right. My story MVP. I, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Cannonball in this one. You know, no matter like you know what uh, brother Nathan says the cannonball or like, you know, does he just kind of sticks to his guns and just kind of does what he needs to do. You know, it doesn't really let him face. <laughs> I, I, I like that. No matter where he goes, everyone's talking about how the, the fact that they killed him and he's just kind of like, all right. Got to do fuck. All right. <laughs> I'm a, bu- I'm a blast. <laughs> I'm not invulnerable when I'm blast. Um, for me. Right. <laughs> no, um, mine's Deadpool. Just his, just kind of going through, figuring out kind of being like, what the hell? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he had to go. <laughs> and um, all right. So shittiest character. Yeah. <laughs> how? How can Beast ever be shitty? Beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. you're meditating, man. What the fuck you doing out here, bro? <laughs> Here's I kind of agree with that because. Beast is supposed to be like this enlightened character, but it's implied that Nathan basically went through like either re-education camps at the very least, or like mm. mass extermination of people who didn't fit his dream. And, like, right. So for Beast to be there, it's kind of like, damn. Yeah, dude. it's like, how much are you? Uh, I, so you I, I agree with some it. of this shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, just for the moment, because he's right. shittiest. Um, just gonna go sinister. How dare you take the baby? But I, I really don't. Yeah, but nah, but he's like I said, he's one of those villains yeah, I've never fully hated. Guy. I thought he was <laughs> slick shit. M. No, no, but the thing, not trying to ruin too much for you guys because you haven't read this, but this is House of M, so this is going to be different next I time. I think we're ready for weird. Like, it's going to be weird. <laughs> okay. But that's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be. It's gonna be an odd story because I don't think Sinister is gonna come out no, the way people. No, possibly it not. And other things that we don't okay, always cool. expect is who will end up being in the Super Bowl. I definitely did not have these two teams picked. 
And so I think this is where we can introduce our skin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. <clears throat> hey, guys, what you working on? Well, I wanted to be on time for the big upcoming event for once. So in honor of the Super Bowl, which is next Sunday, we made a giant transportable mural as, you know, long as you have a forklift. I mean, I can get one, but so you're telling me in other words, you poured a bunch of concrete, couldn't move it, and decided to have Verano use his art skills to decorate your mistake? Well... Yeah, but when you put it that way, it sounds more like I fucked up again. I prefer to think <laughs> of it as finding a workable silver lining. Okay, yeah, all right, I can't argue with that, but what's with the big crack in the middle? Well, you know this flat concrete slab you see right here? I had originally just, you know, kind of put the bracings up and uh, uh, poured it so that it was standing upright. Really? Why, why the hell would you do that? You have nothing acting as a base or a foundation on it. <laughs> I know that now. Anyways, <laughs> after Verano was done with the mural, I may have taken a paintbrush and indicated my choice for the big game. Because fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> okay, true. Which explains the big red X through everything on the Buccaneer side of the paint. Right. Um... Which kind of pissed Verano off, and I ran around the concrete slab, and it kind of fell over backwards, and there was a corner that kind of caught him really hey, Minnie. on the back of the head. Do you, do you like my art? I, I, I drew the pirates fighting Native American, but really, really, I, I wanted the, the, the Buffalo Bills. My head hurts. Is it time to lie down? Oh, fuck me. Okay. No, it's... Can we stop for pancakes on Ron, the way? it's time to go to the emergency room. I could eat. 